0: Hello everyone, we want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before. Welcome to the podcast today. We're going to be talking about salvation, what it means and uh, explaining it from a Bible point from the beginning as to why we need salvation. I'm finding today that so many people have family members that are just struggling with the ideas, why do I need to be saved? Why do I need to have Jesus in my life? What's the reason behind this? Because we're living in a world that's about as godless as it can possibly be, and, and the, the main message of salvation has just kind of escaped them. They don't understand why. And That's what we want to talk about today: is finding out why we have to be saved. A good, good example of that is in Saint John chapter number three, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And now, Nicodemus is a church-going man. He's part of the temple makeup. He has a job there in the temple. And the scripture said he came to Jesus by night, and many speculate that he didn't want to be seen. He wanted to. Uh, hear what Jesus had to say without jeopardizing his stand in the church. So he met Jesus and he came to him asking questions. I know you're a great teacher. I know this and know that. And three times in the first seven verses, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Verse number three, verse five, and verse number seven. Verse number three, Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again in order to see The kingdom of God. Now, the word see there means to understand the kingdom of God. Many people in our world today do not understand why a born again believer loves God, dedicates their life to God, wants to go to the house of God, wants to serve God, give God everything that they have in their life. It's hard for them to understand that. The reason it's hard for them to understand that is they can't see the kingdom of God because they do not have. The born again experience that Christ talks about in this chapter, then verse number five, he said, uh, "You must be born again of spirit and water in order to enter into the kingdom of God. You've got to be born and into this thing through the Spirit of God in order to get to heaven." And then verse number seven, he just kindly topped it off by saying, "Marvel not, marvel not. I send you, you." must be born again. Uh, These three areas in John chapter number three uh, gives the concern that Jesus had toward Nicodemus, even though he was a church-going man, even though he was part of the temple makeup, yet he did not have a born-again experience with God. So today we want to discuss what it means to be born again, how you're born again, why you have be born again, and why Jesus has to be Lord of your life. And so that's where we're going to begin today, talking about the Word of God and what it means to be born again. I want to go back uh, to the beginning where God made man in the beginning, because that's where we're going to discover the reason as to why man had to be born again and why it was such a criteria. Of the Lord Jesus Christ talked into Nicodemus, you've got to be born again, Nicodemus. You've got to know this experience and you've got you got to have it birthed in your life. And so he said, Being born again. That means birth into your life. So what what is he referring to when he said you gotta be born? You gotta be born again three times. And those in verse three, five, and seven, he makes the statement, You've got to be born again. Well, let's let's go back. Genesis. And you follow me much, I use Genesis a lot because Genesis is called the book of beginnings. Everything in the scripture has its roots in the book of Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 26. Now this is the first mention in the scripture from God concerning mankind. Listen to what he said. He said, let us make man in our image. And after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle over all the earth, and creeping things that creep up on the earth. First part of that, he said, let us make man in our image. Image is what you look like. After our likeness, likeness is what you act like. Two parts of God. This is the amazing part. I'm not going to get into this much, but just kindly stir your mind up. Two parts that of God, that God placed in man, in the creation of mankind, image, image, and likeness. Adam was made to look like God. He had two arms, two legs, a head, ears, eyes, nose, so God made him in his image. And then he said, after his likeness, what is he referring to, likeness? God is eternal. When Adam was made and placed on this earth, he was created by God to be eternal. Death did not come on the scene until after Adam disobeyed God. So Adam was made in his eternal state when he was placed in the Garden of Eden. God said to uh, the Trinity that was there, let us make man our image and after our likeness and let them, Talking about mankind have dominion, the fish of the sea, the fowl of there, the cattle over all the, all the earth, everything that creepeth up on the earth. So God made Adam in his image and in his likeness. And then God made Eve. The Bible said God brought Eve out of Adam. If, if you're following me today, just go to Genesis chapter 2, verse uh, number 18, where God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. God said, I want Adam to have someone stand by his side. Now, I get this question a lot, and I'm going to take a little detour here and just kindly point this out to our listeners today. And that is this. When God said that I don't want man to be alone, and he brought Eve out of Adam, they were both eternal. They were created eternal. Adam and Eve did not sin until the next chapter of Genesis chapter number 3. But God brought Eve out of Adam. Watch this, verse 23, Genesis 2, verse number 23. Adam speaks these words. He said, when Eve was brought to him, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. That means God never went back to the dust of the earth to make another person. He, made, he brought Eve out of Adam, brought her out of Adam. She, brought, she was taken out of Adam. That means when God created Adam, he had already created Eve. She had not been formed at that point, but in God's thinking, he had already created her. And so he put Adam to sleep and brought Eve out of Adam. But here's what I want you to know both of them were in their eternal state. They were created eternal beings. It's called the fall of man. When the fall of man took place, they fell from their eternal creation that God had made them to what man has become today, and his degenerate action is being lost without God. So God never went back to the dust of the ground to make Eve. He brought Eve out of Adam. Now, Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden, and they were blessed of God. God done routine visits with them. And we know that from chapter 3 of the book of Genesis in verse uh, number 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. It said they heard the voice of God. They knew who it was, indicating God had made this visit many times before because they were aware of the voice of God. So whenever Adam and Eve fail, when they fail from their original creation that God had created them into the fallen man that man has become, here's what I want you to get in your understanding. When they fail, they fail from being eternal creation to mortal creation. Now, it's ironic that God made man to begin with eternal. By the way, he made them male and female, and they were eternal. That means they'll be male and female in the eternity as well. You know, I pass through the cemetery a lot of time, and I see uh, uh, tombstones, and I know it's uh, uplifting, but it's not so when they say, gone to be an angel. Uh, We are greater. Man was created above the angels, and he will be risen above the angels in the end time at the resurrection when our Lord calls us back into the eternal kingdom of God and gives us an eternal body. We are created by God to be worshipers of God. So Adam and Eve was created above. They were created above what man is today. Man failed to what he is today. Here's what I want you to get from this little point here. When Adam and Eve failed, they never lost the image of God. They only lost the likeness of God. Let me point that out. When Adam and Eve failed, they did not lose their arms. They didn't lose their legs. They didn't lose their ears, their eyes, or their mouth. We were created in the image of God. We never lost the image of God. We lost the likeness of God. And because we lost the likeness of God, man is in his fallen state, is in the state that man has degenerated himself to today. God never intended for man to kill his children. God never intended for man to rise up and kill each other. God never intended for man to do what he does in his fallen state. He was created better than that, but man failed to his fallen state, and when he did, he degenerated to what he has become today. This could be a very deep, widespread lesson, but I want to just kindly focus my point here to help you understand why That man has to be born again to begin with. Understand this. We lost the likeness of God. We never lost the image of God. We lost the likeness of God. So whenever Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. What he is saying is, Nicodemus, you've got to have the likeness of God rebirthed in you that was lost in the fall of man. So how does that happen? Well, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 says this. He said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. For with the heart man believes the righteousness, and with the mouth uh, confession is made unto salvation. So what's he saying there? When I go to the Lord in prayer, and ask him to forgive me of my sin, you come to an altar, whether it's in a church, a hospital bed, or bed, or table, or steering wheel of your vehicle, when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and come into your heart and your life, here is literally what happens. God removes the sin from your life. And when he removes the sin from your life, God births in you the likeness of God that was lost in the fall of man. That's the reason the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 17, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And so that's how we're born again. That's how we come to know Jesus as our savior he births in us what was lost in the fall of man
1: that's good um, so how do we let's let's start here uh, on salvation is salvation for every single person?
0: yes salvation is for every single individual yeah. and here's why because god put a will in all of us he put a will in every one of us and i know there's people that was say I'm too mean or I'm too sinful, I've come from the wrong family. No. He said, Whosoever will, whosoever will, your will, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Jesus come to seek and to save that which was lost. That means if you're lost, your candidate be saved by Jesus Christ. Everyone is invited into the family of God.
1: Awesome. Well how, maybe you can kinda of help um a lot of people I know this I think it was it's called a Calvinistic view of that God has predestined just certain people. How, let's let's go Romans eight twenty nine. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among the brothers. Um a lot a lot of people take these these verses and I think Ephesians one, four and five talks about predestin and adoption as sonship. I know a lot of people take that as, um, well, God uh, already predestined, already planned out um, their salvation. So he's only got certain people picked out for salvation. Some people believe that way about, about salvation. So okay. can, you, can you ease the mind of some people um, yes. that salvation is for everyone and God didn't pick you out from the beginning? Um, he may have foreknew, but he didn't pick us out.
0: Okay. Well, Rob, um, when it said predestined, all of us are predestined, which means Christ died for everyone. He wants everybody. Say, it's not his will that any should perish. That's what predestined. But when you move that word into predestination, mm-hmm. predestination, then you're saying there's some people born in this world, no matter what they do, they're not going to make heaven. They're, they're not going to have Jesus mm-hmm. as Lord their Savior. I, I feel like that is very, very, very wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we can get into a subject here that is very, very debatable, but it's, uh, there's some scripture that lines this out. You see, God has a will, and God's will is written. The will mm-hmm. of God's written. but God's also a sovereign God, yeah. And His sovereignty is not written. If it was written, it wouldn't be sovereign. Mm-hmm. But his will is written. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all come repentance. Yeah. So in God's sovereignty, God has the ability to know and not to know, to do and not to do. Now, let me explain that scripturally. I'm not going to just pass my opinion on this, but I want to show you something very, very powerful in the word of God. When it comes to the destiny of mankind, God has the ability to back up and say, I'm not going there. I'm going to leave their destiny up to them. Let me prove that by the scripture. In uh, Genesis, uh, let me think. In Genesis 22, when Abraham has taken Isaac up to Mount Moriah to offer him as a sacrifice, Mm -hmm. God let him go all the way, building the altar, putting the wood on the altar. And even Isaac said to his father, he said, Dad, we've got an altar, we've got wood, we've got fire, but where's the, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said in verse 8, God will provide himself a lamb. At that time, Rob, Abraham looked ahead. Yeah. He looked ahead by the authority of God and saw the real lamb of God coming into this world. What I want to show you is verse number 12. In Genesis 22 and verse number 12, God let Abraham come all the way down to draw him back the knife, get Isaac on the altar, everything is ready. All he has to do is release those muscles and bring that knife down, and Isaac's life is over. But the angel of God called out to Abraham from heaven and said, Abraham, don't do it, for now I know what's in your heart. Wow. That's a powerful statement there, indicating that God reframes himself from knowing my will until I surrender my will to him. Mm. God reframes himself from that. He 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 said, Now I know what's in your heart. Now, now let me just give another scripture that will back that up as well, because this is a subject people frown on. But I do not believe in predestination. Yeah. I don't believe that God placed some people here and say, you're lost no matter what you do. That is contrary to the story of Jesus Absolutely. and what he come to do for us on the cross of Calvary. In the book of um, Second Chronicles chapter 31 and verse number 32, this is after Hezekiah had gone in to uh, uh, a prayer after he'd heard from Isaiah. Isaiah had come in and said, Hezekiah said, yeah, said you're going to die. Your days are numbered, and and, and Isaiah walked out, and Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and said, God, remember me, what all I have done for you, and and and, in repentance and reminding God. And before Isaiah got out of the inner court, God spoke to him and said, Isaiah, you go back and tell Hezekiah, I've added 15 years onto his life indicate he's going to die that day or the next day, one of the two there. But God gave him 15 more years. And Isaiah said, we need a sign of this, Lord. I need to know this is you. So he's standing there by the sundial. And, and Isaiah said, God, I want you to back it up. Uh, it can go forward just with a shadow, but I want you to back it up. And the scripture says, backed up 10 degrees. It backed up 10 degrees. Well, that didn't just happen in Jerusalem. That was worldwide. So verse number 32, uh, 32 chapter 31, said this, How be it in the business of the ambassador, the prince of Babylon, who was sent to inquire the wonder that was done in the land? Now listen to this. God left him to try him that he might know all that's in his heart. Well, that's a powerful scripture there. Mm. That there are times that God allows Things to happen so God can read our thoughts. And even though the Bible said in Hebrews 12, or 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to divide and asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the mire, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of our heart. The word discerner there means the word of God. When you allow the word of God to penetrate inside of you, it discerns your thoughts your ideas, and your mindset. God's not a God sitting on the throne of heaven saying, hey, listen, don't have a chance in the world. Yeah. He said, whosoever will, yeah. let them come and drink of the water of life freely.
1: Hmm. So uh, what happens at salvation? I know this is kind of switching gears here, but this may this may kind of cross a couple of things that, that you preach and kind of reach out, but in the process in the actual process of salvation when somebody what what's going on and what's happening uh, to the to the spirit in the spirit realm to the spirit of the person. Okay.
0: Um, God made us spirit, soul, and body. And that's in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse number twenty three. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. W H O L L Y. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body. He preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, as Rob, we may cover this in one of our Bible studies of how God put us together. But God put a spirit, a soul, and of course what we see is the body. So the inner man is divided into two parts, the soul and the spirit. Why the spirit? So John 4 and 24 said God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God put something inside of us so he could connect with us, spirit to spirit. So when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and your life, he comes into you through the spirit. As I said a minute ago, the sin is removed and salvation is birthed into your life, the likeness of God through the spirit. Now we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Now Jesus lives inside of me. Does it mean I'm perfect? not yeah. by a long shot. I'm not perfect. But now I have something living inside of me that tells me right, wrong, what pleases God. When I mess up, that thing rises up on the inside of me. We call it conviction. Actually, it's the voice of God that rises up and said, Dean, you can do better than this. Yeah, You can live better than this.
1: Yeah, I heard that a time or
0: two. You can do better than this. Yeah. And it, it shames me. It convicts me of my wrongdoing. And because I have developed a relationship with God, then I repent of that wrongdoing and say, Lord, strengthen me. Where I'm weak, make me strong. Where I'm foolish, make me wise. Just live inside of me and cause me to grow in the fellowship of your love and your goodness. And
1: because of your development and your relationship with the Lord, that voice becomes stronger and stronger. Every day. Every day.
0: Every Every day. Now, that's the reason uh, David, uh, or the Psalms, whether David wrote or not, I'm not sure, but Psalms 119, 11, he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, O Lord. The more we learn about God, the greater our relationship is with God. We may have used this scripture in a podcast, but uh, in uh, Romans 10 and verse 17, he said, So then faith comes by hearing Mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of God. That scripture means that your faith can never supersede your knowledge of God. The more you learn about God and you learn about God from the word of God. Mm -hmm. That's what the word of God is about. Teaching us the heart of God, the will of God. Remember, his will is written. His will is given to us through the word of God. So the more we learn about God from the Word of God, the stronger our faith is, the greater our relationship is with God, and, the, and, and we grow spiritually, mm-hmm. and then uh, we develop a uh, listening to the voice of God. You know, Moses is referred to as the meekest man on the earth, mm-hmm. and God gave him that title as being the meekest man on the earth. Now, in, in our culture, in our language, the word meek means to be humble. Uh, to be uh, simplified. But in, in the culture in which it was written, the word mean, meek means tamed to the voice of God. It's used there as tamed to the voice of God. There wasn't another man in the scripture that heard the voice of God concerning issues of life for other people than Moses did. And he developed that relationship that when God spoke to him, he knew it was God. He knew it was God. He didn't have to have it run it through a committee and have to say, come down here, bring the cameras in closer. I may be hearing from God. No, he just knew. Yeah. When God spoke, he said, stand still and see the works of God. And then he took his, the rod that was in him, waved it out over the Red Sea, and the Red Sea mm. parted. Do, do you realize there was between two and a half and three million people there that had to cross? The Red Sea had to open up a mile and a half to the right and a mile and a half to the left. There had to be at least a three-mile hole in the Red Sea for them to cross in one night's time. Yeah, it wasn't just a narrow crossing there, but for them to get across, that was phenomenal.
2: That's what
0: amazing. a mighty work of God that was! And and it started with the voice of God speaking to Moses, and He said, "It might be quiet, stand still. God's about to do something here." Yeah, and I mean, just the sea, yeah, opened up. Three miles wide, at least three miles wide, the people to get through on dry land got wow. dried it up,
1: and they went across on dry land. Yeah, I know. I can, I can recall movies where they've redone that, and it's a small, narrow path mm-hmm. walking through. When you think of three million people, that's, that's the whole state of Arkansas passing through yeah. the Red Sea. And I, so, I, I
0: read something several years ago that
1: if, it had
0: just, if they'd walked single file through the Red Sea, it would have been, taken 35 days wow. for them to get through there. But and they had, crossed him one night.
1: And they had Pharaoh on, on their tails. Yes, the time.
0: and God withstood Pharaoh yeah. back behind them. He just separated with his hand. And But Moses yeah. just knew these things. But he had tamed himself to the voice of God. And the closer you get to God, the more you develop that understanding of the heart of God. That yeah. when God speaks to you, when God says something to you, the longer I serve God, you just know yeah. oh, when yeah. God's talking to you. Yeah. And uh, that's developed. That don't just start out. Yeah. That is developed. You learn the voice of
1: God. Yeah, and that goes back to, to last week. He made, he made known his ways to, to Moses and his acts. Yes, Israel. yes. And the importance of knowing his ways and not just his acts alone. Mm-hmm. But the farther we dive into a relationship with Christ, the more we know his ways. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, still on the topic of salvation. Probably pretty simple, but but wh- why do we need salvation? Because it's got to be more than just getting out of getting away from hell. Could you kind of run through that a little bit and just yeah. just explain that to us a little bit more because I know several people who are 70, 80 years old sitting in a church right now, and they got saved because they didn't want to go to hell. Sure. And granted, me too. I don't, you yes. know, that's what started, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not what, what's finishing me right now.
0: It's a so. relationship. And, and I too, whenever I first come to the Lord as a, a kid, uh, man, they preached on hell. I said, that, that's not for me. Mm-mm. I don't want to go to hell. So I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. But when Jesus came into my heart, my life, it was a relationship that I I knew I had someone to care about me, someone that would stick closer than a brother, someone that I could talk to when I couldn't talk to anybody else, someone that could help me through life. And uh, so salvation prepares us for heaven. It prepares us for eternity with the Lord. But also in this life, it prepares us as a relationship we have with the Lord that He lives, He lives inside of us. Yeah. And when I'm down and out, He lives. Mm-hmm. When I'm up on the high mountain, He lives. Yeah. He just lives inside of me. And you learn to deal with, with, with life's problems and what life has to throw with, you mm-hmm. show, throw at you, through your experience that you have with the Lord.
1: Yeah. And this may be this is on subject, but a little off subject. I've heard you say this: how we live here. Affects how we'll live in eternity. Yes. And so, the deeper we're walking with Christ, the more relationship we have with Christ. I guess the more He can entrust in us yes. in eternity.
0: Well, the, the the Bible said in Revelation chapter twenty that they lived and reigned with Him. Yeah. A thousand years. And in First Corinthians chapter six, verse number two, and verse number three said, uh, "Know you not that we shall judge angels?" Now that hasn't mm. happened yet, but that's yeah. going to do that. Do you not know that saints shall judge the world? Mm. And listen to what it said. If the world be judged by you, are you, are you unable to discern in the smallest matters? Mm. If we're going to live and reign with Christ, then we have to understand that living and reigning with Christ is based on how we walk with him here in our relationship. The Bible talks about people just barely making it in. Yeah just barely making it in. There'll be people uh, that that have no reward Mm -hmm. because they got saved just before they died. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but we will live and reign. And I say this, there'll there'll be people that stand before the Lord and the Lord will reward them and say, hey, I want you to reign with me. And maybe they never held a position of any kind in a church. Yeah in a city, in a town, but they raised a big family, and they're faithful to God. They love God. Yeah. They bless their neighbors. They helped everybody they could help, but they didn't get any recognition out of it. But God no, keeps a good. record. That's real good. He keeps a record of that, and yeah. he will reward you for that.
1: Yeah, I think we get so caught up in, we're all, for one, we need to all realist- realize we're all called to ministry. Mm-hmm. Was it Luke 16 and 15, go into the, into the world and preach the gospel. Matthew 28 says, go and make disciples we're all called to ministry. We don't have to be all called fivefold, but we're all called to love people, to love God, to serve people, to serve God. And, uh, I love Mark, uh, or John Bevere talking about the great white throne judgment. And, and I have, we haven't talked about this before, so this may be wrong, but he talks about, it's not about what you, what you did more as much as what you didn't do. And he says, and he does a great elaborate story of like people before the white throne judgment said, Lord, Uh, I did this and I did that and I did this. And he said, but you didn't do what I called you to do. Mm -hmm. Then he goes to the next person that Lord, I did this. I did that. And he said, but you didn't do what I called you to do. And they said, Lord, I was a pastor or Lord, I was this or Lord, I was that all these ministry things. And then he kind of explains it. This little bitty old woman comes up and said, Lord, all I did was raise three baby boys and love them. Well, and he said, you did exactly what I called you to do because of those three baby boys. Now, Five point seven million people are in the kingdom of God because you raised a pastor and you raised a missionary and you raised a great accountant as sure. well. And so, like, I think sometimes we put so much focus on on these on fivefold ministry inside the church that we don't empower the people of God just to live everyday lives of just loving sure. Jesus, walking in the Spirit, and just loving on people.
0: You know, of course, um, I I was talking to a, a pastor yesterday. And I brought this out, and I've been intending to tell you. Mm-hmm. This is my son-in-law here. I'm talking to, and him, uh, my, my daughter, have just received a position at a church as a music pastor. In First Chronicles 25, that whole chapter is about musicians, and it says three times in that chapter, and they prophesied mm-hmm. with their music.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They prophesied. The word prophesy means preached. Mm-hmm. They preached with their music. And and, and and what some people don't get, uh, there's people that sing, there's people that play music, and they do it to the best of their ability. And they're anointed by God. Mm-hmm. And because they're anointed by God, they're actually preaching the gospel That's with good. their talents, preaching the gospel with something that God has enabled them to do and they five talents and turned it into 10, yeah. and four talents and turned it into eight talents. Mm-hmm. And, and there's three times in chapter 25 of the book of First Chronicles that they prophesied on the harps and the stringed instruments. And, and that word prophesy means preached. Yeah. They preached and they carried the gospel forward. It was, it was kind of like an air mattress in water. Mm. They just carried the point of that flowing down the stream mm. and anointed by God. Yes, yeah, that's good. God blesses and God moves when we let Him take our talent. Yeah. And um, well, that goes
1: the same same thing for the guys sitting right now in uh, in a muddy pit welding on a pipe. It goes the same for uh, the plumber. Sure, it goes the same because God's gonna because of their gifts that they have, whatever their talent may have. He's going to elevate them and put them into places and put them into situations where the gospel can be proclaimed. Yeah. And, uh, I know, uh, before taking this position, anything like that, I went with owning a business and doing handyman work and doing things like that. I'd, I've probably done, done more ministry quote unquote. in those times, because people invite you into their home, you get yes. opportunities to pray with them, talk about the goodness of God. And sometimes you're just, you're just living your life right in front of them. And That's they right. want to know the difference in, um, um, but that's good. Your talent is yes. prophesied. And I guess that's where our Pentecostal praise break started at. <laughs> yes,
0: it must have been. But anyway, uh, we're, we're blessed of God. And, yeah. you know, through the years of time, I've been preaching a long, long time, 50 for years plus, And, uh, uh, you know, I've pastored churches and you see people, they want to be on the platform. They want a position, they want this, they want that. And, and, you know, they're not really qualified. Yeah. They just want the show of yeah, that. Absolutely. And uh, I'm thinking, you don't know, there's a whole harvest out there yeah. that labors. And that was the only prayer request Jesus ever made in the scripture. Pray ye the Lord of harvest that he'd send labors for. it. Mm. He never made any other prayer request but that. Yeah. He said, you need to pray for labors to be sent into the harvest, not powerful. people to be on the platform. Yeah. The people to be in the, in the field out there of harvest that just need God yeah. and God's grace.
1: Yeah, that's good. Let's do this because we haven't, well, I don't think we've tackled this as the simple thing of how do we get salvation? How do we come to salvation?
0: Okay, we come to salvation through the drawing of the Spirit. John 6 and 44, Jesus said, no man can come unto me except my Father that sent me draw him. Then he said in John chapter 14, And verse number six, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. You have to be drawn Mm -hmm. by the Spirit of God. So when the person feels the drawing of the Spirit of God, don't take that lightly. Don't take that lightly at all. That's God trying to deal with you and draw you from the place you are in this life, to darkness, Mm -hmm. and draw you into what the Scripture talks about, light. Yes. And it is a marvelous light. Yes. The light of God. So you're drawn by the spirit. And when you're drawn by the spirit, that doesn't mean you're saved. Yeah. The salvation comes on your part of accepting him, mm. opening your heart and, and whatever words you choose to use
1: is, uh, yeah, there's no formula there. There's no about this words the Yeah.
0: that, uh, you know, we, we lead people in a prayer, mm-hmm. uh, Because the Bible said, you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Yeah. But uh, believing in the heart. Uh, The thief on the cross just said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, you'll be there. Yeah. You'll be there. Blind Barnabas, cried by the road, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Mm. And he received his sight, Uh, you know, just in a repentance from the heart. Yeah coming to the knowledge of God's saving grace because you feel the drawing of the spirit. They may be somebody listening to this podcast right now that God is moving in you. Mm -hmm. Tears are flowing down your face. You you just feel the need of prayer. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to have a preacher, but right now where you're at listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast, you can just open your heart and your mouth and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I accept you. As my Savior, I yeah. accept you as my Redeemer. Come into my heart, into my life, Rob. We we've been doing this uh, podcast today because I wanted to explain why man had to be born again. Yeah, and man had to be born again because he lost the likeness of God that was given to man yeah. at creation. But we regain that likeness of God through salvation. Mm. We're redeemed, and that's how God intended. He intended it. Man never lost the image of God. We still have two legs, two arms, eyes, mm-hmm. ears, nose and mouth, just like God had. But we lost the likeness of God. And you gain you regain the likeness of God through your confession of the Lord as being savior of your heart and your life.
1: Man, that is good. That is good. I think the perfect way to wrap this up today, Dino, is just why about you just pray. Pray a prayer of salvation for those. Um, I know we said we don't have to do that, but if it makes somebody comfortable enough to do it, why don't you do that and sign us out?
0: Father, I am so thankful today that the reality of your word is just as real as you planned. And I'm praying for those that are trying to lead their families to the Lord that this podcast today will give them insight to explain as to why we need to be born again. And for that soul that's just listening to this podcast that feels you draw in their heart, their life today, I pray, oh God, that you just help them. And I pray right now that they pray this prayer, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Take away my sin, come into my heart, my life, and let, I will let you be Lord to me the rest of my days. Lord, if, if, if they pray that kind of prayer, mean it in their heart, salvation has come unto them this day. I pray and ask these favors in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Thank you, everyone, for joining the podcast today. We hope that it encouraged you in a great way. We encourage you to go to Dean Caldwell Ministries' page and like and follow. We will be posting videos, dates, and places, and updating our broadcast from time to time. Thank you for joining and have a great day.